0: You are listening to The Lyft Mindset, where we provide an update from the experts. The aim of our podcast is to inform, educate and entertain. We will be sharing our views on current trends and predictions for 2022 about the industries the Lyft Financial Group cover. Today we have Dan Thompson, Portfolio Manager at Lyft Invest, providing a monthly investment update and sharing some of the insights and thoughts on current trends. This podcast does not constitute advice. Hi Dan, can you give me an update on the current market? So since we last spoke, the market news flow has very much still been dominated by interest rate and inflationary news. So there have been another round of inflation figures, another round of monetary policy committee meetings conducted. The market overall has been weaker. So global equities have still been weaker and continued their slump since the beginning of the year. The big reason, the big catalyst short term for this more recent leg down was the release of the US inflation figure for May, which was released two weeks ago. As we came into that figure, markets had begun to become fairly optimistic. The peak Inflation number in the states was behind them with the 8.5 reading earlier in the year thought to be the highest that it would reach and that numbers from now on would be no higher than that. The expectation prior to the release was that inflation would be 8.3%. So two Thursdays ago, the May figure was announced and it actually came in at 8.6%. So beat the previous high for the year and set a, a record 40 year high for inflation in the States. And that really led to another drop in markets as market participants began to anticipate the Fed remained well behind the curve in combating inflation. And that they would have to conduct more aggressive monetary policy to try and quell the the raging inflation, which is, of course, not only going on in the States, but is also going on around the world. That led last week to the Fed raising interest rates by 75 basis points. By the time that we got there, it was very much widely anticipated by markets, but that wasn't before markets had fallen another five, six percent in the States as they adjusted their expectations from a 50 point hike into a 0.75 hike. So that's really been short term impact on markets. That number in the States has continued around the world. and has been a theme which has continued. So in the UK. Our inflation number now for May is 9%, which clearly is alarming, just as many of them throughout the year have been. The Bank of England announced their 25 basis point hike, which had been well guided to markets ahead of the Monetary Policy Committee meeting. Andrew Bailey, in his meeting statement, did however state that their expectations now are that inflation will peak close to 11% later in the year. And just one month ago in his statement, he said that it would peak at around 10%. So you can clearly see that it's not just markets which are worrying about higher levels of inflation and the likely monetary policy implications, but it is also the central bankers themselves. And this forward guidance does seem to indicate there will at some stage be a 50 basis point hike from the Bank of England later this year, as well as at least a quarter basis point hike at the other meetings that they conduct. Now, all this inflation news, big, factor has been energy clearly the ongoing conflict in in russia and ukraine is impacting energy prices given that most of europe and more globally there is clearly a, a large supply of oil that comes out of russia and given that certain sanctions are trying to combat the level of import of that oil from russia it is putting upward pressure on prices that's just one of many factors related to the war so ukraine itself is also a a very large producer of different food commodities whether it be grain sunflower oil or maize those commodities clearly feed into other kinds of businesses so it isn't just energy there is also food inflation going on and certain countries certainly in africa are really feeling the effects of that given that the level of their wealth is relatively low and the much larger proportion of their spending is on food now the market dynamics as i say of certainly been weak through 2022 and they haven't yet showed many signs of letting up. When we look at the fear greed index, which I've mentioned many times throughout these podcasts, there is still an extremely weak reading there showing that market participants generally are quite fearful and are already pricing in significant amounts of negative news at the moment. So the appetite in the short term is unlikely to get that much worse. And we would expect that once more positive news flow comes through, that there would be a, a pickup in market sentiment and pickup in, in market returns. What factors may they be? As I mentioned, there had been some optimism that the peak level of inflation was behind markets certainly in the states and again whilst it is a slight waiting game, i do believe that when more consistent prints come in that indicate that inflation is turning which it will at some stage it's just a question of when then i do think that will be one catalyst for there to be greater optimism in markets. Another, which again is a a big unknown, is when conflict in Ukraine will subside and, and will come to a close, whatever close that may be. If there is an end to the conflict there and some of the pressures that nations are feeling to cut off supplies of Russian oil and other commodities, then that too may be of aid to markets because they may then no longer believe that more aggressive monetary policy actions are required. Last week, there was also the surprise announcement from the Swiss National Bank that they were going to raise their interest rates from negative 0.75% to negative 0.25%. Why is that surprising? Well, the Swiss National Bank very much follow their own path, to how they manage their economy largely because they try and target relative strength or weakness of the, the Swiss franc rather than using monetary policy as a, as a tool to help their economy due to you know, inflationary or unemployment factors. So consequently, historically, the Swiss National Bank has been one of the most dovish of all central banks in the world. So dovish being that they keep rates low as possible. If the, the most dovish central bank in the world has come out to raise rates, that is seen to be indicative that all central banks will also likely have to pursue further hikes, further tightening, which of course is not good news for market one question I've had, why are higher interest rates bad for investments? Because higher interest rates, surely that means greater returns and greater returns must be good. Well, really comes down to a concept called opportunity cost. So opportunity cost is the cost of not doing something else with your money. And in markets now, they're looking forward and they're seeing the expectations of future hikes and the expectations that what you will be able to attain on government bonds, the return that governments will provide you for lending to them will be greater than it is currently consequently that is increasing yields and as yields rise prices decrease so that's not just in the bond component of portfolios that's across all assets because you can begin to reduce your risk by lending to the government, which is seen as one of the safest institutions to lend to. So you can reduce your risk and gain more return. Consequently, if you're going to continue taking the same amounts of risk, then you would expect a greater level of return to be be provided to you. And as markets adapt to that thinking, then they're moving further down that risk scale and they're having to price in a greater discount rate for risk assets. And as that discount rate increases, then that puts pressure on the current value of equity investments. As the interest rates are increasing, that's increasing this discount rate, and that's bad news for markets but the reverse would also be true. And clearly we've been in several years now where interest rates overall have been decreasing. And that has been a very good period for equity market returns and investment markets. As long as this persists, as long as the expectations of of higher rates continue, then that is negative and that is a headwind for markets and for returns of portfolios. But it is all based on expectations. Markets are always forward looking and they're already baking in some quite significant hikes. So in 12 months time now for the Bank of England, it's expected that rates will be close to three and a half percent so that will be around July of next year and it remains to be seen of course if we get that high but currently it does look like all central banks are talking a very good game but there's always the spectre of a recession if they were to hike too quickly. And it is now broadly expected there will be a recession in the UK and and in Europe. And then there are questions around whether in the next two years there will also be a recession in the United States. And recessions typically do mean slightly more accommodative monetary policy. So there is a question around whether economies do start to become much weaker and maybe that would put a stop to a lot of these currently priced in hikes from central banks and if that is the case um, then softer expectations would again be favorable for the returns of investments and hopefully for the appetite of risk assets. Another question I've had relates to the relationship between inflation and interest rates. So with inflation being so high we're seeing central banks come out and say, we will try and tackle it through interest rates. Now, interest rates are a very blunt measure, and they will act upon the economy on a delayed period of what's estimated to be around two years. Whilst they will try and tackle current themes in the economy, they're, of course, also trying to foresee what the market environment and the economic environment will be like in two years' time and act ahead of that. So uh, clearly the worry now is that inflation will persist and that they're having to tackle that inflation. And the mechanism of why interest rates are supposed to curb inflation are because it increases the cost of borrowing by businesses and it increases the returns that savers can get. Consequently, the expectation is that you would save more and spend less. On a macro level, GDP is the combination of consumer consumption, investment, government spending and net exports. So historically, mortgages have been one of large components in a an in individual's discretionary spending as interest rates have risen then mortgage rates have also risen and people who aren't on fixes would therefore have to spend more just to to continue servicing their mortgage. Now in the current environment close to 90% of all mortgage owners in the UK have got a fixed rate so they are not directly impacted until that fixed rate expires. What's more of an influence in this market is to do with investment so as the central bank rate is increasing it costs more for companies to borrow and the likelihood of them investing in capital expenditure to increase the capacity of their business diminishes. So as that investment piece shrinks, then as does GDP, In the short term, inflation clearly remains on the minds of investors and of pretty much everyone in the economy, given the squeeze on the cost of living. And oil, when you fill up your tank at the petrol station, is one of the large factors of inflation at the moment. Oil is globally traded and priced in dollars. So at the moment, we can actually be impacted a lot by foreign exchange fluctuations, as well as simple oil price itself increasing. One thing that the central banks are trying to do is to reduce this exogenous impact of energy. And one potential way that Bank of England could do that is to try and more meaningfully strengthen the currency. Now, that would mean more aggressive hikes in terms of interest rates to try and make sterling more attractive to global investors and global allocators. But what it would mean is that that net export component of GDP and the price that we have to pay for oil, given that it priced in dollars rather than pounds pence, that factor, if sterling were to strengthen, would potentially be beneficial for short-term inflation, and the short-term impact of energy prices. But for the time being, clearly the the Federal Reserve in the States is hiking their rates at a much faster pace than the Bank of England and sterling is weakening and that is a headwind to inflation because as sterling weakens then oil even if in dollar terms it remains the same in sterling terms it is getting more and more expensive that's something just to watch but that's another factor which is of course being accounted for By central banks and by the bank of england monetary policy committee when they are setting their rates but the expectations now at the bank of england and more globally has very much become one where there will be much more aggressive hikes to come but a lot of that is already priced in and for markets if they aren't quite as aggressive as those levels, then that should be quite beneficial for markets. That's great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much, Ellie. Speak to you again next month. Thank you for listening. We hope you have learned something new today from our experts. If you would like to find out more, please visit our website www.lift-invest.com or search for Lift-Invest on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear more from the Lift Mindset.